From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Currently, today, the New England Patriots look like they're the worst team in their division. But there's one player that could change that and change it quickly. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. And look, I know Patriots fans feel some kind of way. And Patriots fans get frustrated anytime there's the, the anyone even questions them. The, it, it is amazing to me sometimes, uh, Harry, when we do what we do, how fans immediately presume that everything's done with bias. So I want to make sure to be really clear about this. The Patriots organization has done a spectacular job for generations finding ways to win football games. The Patriots coaching staff, uh, particularly Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick may be the best coach of all time, and he's accomplished a lot throughout that process. But it doesn't change the fact that right now today, it looks like they have the worst roster, and once Aaron Rodgers becomes the quarterback of the Jets, they'll have the worst quarterback in their own division. So in the AFC East, Right now, if I was making my predictions, I would have the Bills as the best team, probably the Dolphins as the second best team, probably the Jets as the third best team, and then a distant fourth, like, oh, all the way down after a mat, a moat, I'd have the Patriots. So <laughs> with that being said, I think it's fair to all, for all of us to be looking around because according to reports, all right, Meek Mill, Meek, Meek Mills went to Robert Kraft. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? Okay, go ahead, Fitz. No, I, I love that. You want to do that? I thought that was good. We'll do that. Meek Mills, don't Robert Kraft. Go ahead. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? That Lamar Jackson wants to play for the Patriots. All right? And, of course, uh, by this comes from Albert Breer of SI.com. Uh, Kraft said that that would be Coach Belichick's decision. Obviously, everything's Coach Belichick's decision. But, man, I'm saying, if you want to change the way we all think about the Patriots with one fell swoop, you can do that with one quarterback named Lamar. Well, well, for me, it's when you look at the division, right? And if I'm and I'm speaking, if Aaron Rodgers and the trade goes through, he's going to be on the New York Jets this next season in 2023. You look at that division, and you have a Tua Tagovailoa, right? A guy who played very, very well. Um, if you look outside of the concussions, which I know it's hard to do, but Tua performed at a high level. For Mike McDaniel in his first year being the head coach and Tyreek Hill coming over and Jalen Waddle, those guys were phenomenal last season. And then you look at the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, what was their record last year? 13 and 13 three. 13 and three because of the non completed well, no, no, no. game. Had, oh, that's right. 13 and three. They went 13 and three last year. Josh Allen is their quarterback. I think they're going to be better this season. Sean McDermott, we just heard their head coach come out and say, hey, basically. You know, Josh Allen need to be protected more. So I think they're going to run the football more effectively. And then you have the New England Patriots. If you look at the moves that these teams are making, and I'm, Buffalo might be an outlier because Buffalo is going to be in the thick of things year in and year out. Von Miller's coming back. He injured himself last year. He's going to be a different difference maker for that team. But Jalen Ramsey just went to the Dolphins. They signed the running backs back, right? This is going to be year two in the system for Tua. And those guys who, who who decided to join them, well, basically the entire uh, offense, right? You 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 have Vic Vangio going down there to be the defensive coordinator. You look at the New England Patriots, and man, you see you, you see them at as fourth place in that division, decisively. 
not even close to being third, not close to being first or second. So when I, when I look at the broad spectrum of things, I say, okay, if they get a guy like Lamar Jackson, that boosts them. Do I still think they're going to be better than all, the, all those teams? I don't know. I don't think so. But Lamar Jackson gives you a better chance at doing things because, number one, he's not a stagnant quarterback. Mac Jones isn't escaping anybody. We, we, we know that. He's not escaping no one. But also, you're throwing another wrinkle in your offense, a, dyna- a dynamic player that can provide multiple things for you. And what do they have? They have Hunter Henry at the tight end possession, uh, position. They just brought in Mike Kosecki, right? And they signed Juju Smith-Schuster. So I think when you look at Lamar Jackson, they have what Lamar Jackson needs on top of a run game, right? On top of a, a run game. Ramondre Stevenson, they brought in James Robinson. I think Lamar Jackson for the New England Patriots would be feasible, and I also think it would be a difference maker when it, when you talk about that uh, AFC East. Well, and realistically, you took a swing on a first-round draft pick that I don't think most of us are sitting here in love with or in awe of with Mac Jones. That first-round draft pick in Mac Jones is now going to have his third offensive coordinator in the last three years, going from Josh McDaniels to the abomination and trash that was known as their offense last year to now Bill O'Brien. So you're talking about the third language in third three years for a young quarterback that already seems to be struggling uh, in general on an offense that doesn't have a lot of direction. I'm talking about a division in the East where I can look at it and make a pretty easy, yeah, but like Miami finished nine and eight. Yeah, but they didn't have Tua for a bunch of the season. Now, certainly everybody could say, well, you can't count on Tua. Okay, well, we're going to apply universal benefit of the doubt across the board. If I apply benefit of the doubt across the board, then my benefit of the doubt is that the Bills will have a better year when it comes to turning over the football. That Tua will be healthier and that Aaron Rodgers will make a difference for the Jets. What's my benefit of the doubt statement for the Patriots that makes them better than all three of those teams if we apply it universally? Like, this is the thing you have to do in the offseason. You can't sit there and say, well, this team's going to suck for these reasons, but my team's going to get better without acknowledging that. You know what I mean? So it's like, to me, you got to go across the board and say, if I'm going to believe as a Patriots fan that Bill O'Brien fixes the offense and suddenly everything's coming up roses, I have to give the same benefit of the doubt across the board and if you do that Patriots are in last place like the Patriots are going to be competing for a wild card and in the AFC competing with for a wild card is like asking me and Devin to go up against you on a basketball court it's not going to go well like it's just you're not competing for a wild card with Mac Jones as your quarterback well also I would say this I think the offensive line need to be better than they were a year ago I believe. By the way, also, Devin is already in my ear saying that he can take you on a basketball court. I just so said, just, don't let me in with that. I mean, I'm just know. saying, like, I just want you to know, Devin is over here. Uh, Devin's over here hey, chirping. He's hey, chirping. Come up, let's line it up. He's chirping. Let's line it up. You're gonna let him do that to you, Harry? You're gonna let Devin chirp? Devin, Devin, what recently just happened? Oh, down oh. Here in, in Georgia, what was, recently just happened? Is there a gym down? What's what's that gym called that's over by oh, you? Yeah. yeah. The, Doug, the Douglas Brothers Gymnasium. Okay. Mm-hmm. Named it. Named it after. There's a gym across the street here. I'll see you there when you're up here. Oh my God. D- oh. Douglas Douglas Brothers Court. We'll get some social stuff for it too. Wow. Okay. De- okay. Sounds pretty good to me, Devin. I mean, Devin, Devin believes he's going to take you down, Harry. We're going to let that happen. I don't. I don't. That's I don't. Fine. Okay. Okay. I so, just think I'll surprise Harry. That's all. I mean. You'll surprise us all. I mean, uh, well, Devin, before I was rudely interrupted. Sorry, sorry. By your, yes. by your damn nonsense. I like, going, I like going right to left uh, crossover into a pull up, just so you know. I'll let you know now. Yeah. <laughs> 
we're doing game to I, eleven here, what is Harry favored by? Like we go in like a handicap of Devin not scoring a damn. He's not scoring a damn point. Okay, no, let's let's make that bet right now. Let's make that bet. I don't have to bet anything. I mean, not scoring a point. Okay. Also, like we got to make sure that we got to make sure that Devin's healthy that day because you know he is known to just skip out on intramural whatever because his his pinky toes bothering him. Whatever. We're gonna talk about skipping out on intramural I'm not claiming to be an athlete. You're claiming to be an athlete when you show up. I mean, this is this is like AD. You can't count on Devin. He's never healthy. Go ahead. All right, kids. No more fighting. Now, the offensive line, as I was talking oh, about, oh yes, my have, they have they have to be better. Um, I think for the New England Patriots to move uh, move moving forward, I think every everything offensive wise has to be better than it was in 2022. I do believe that Bill O'Brien will be able to do that. I just don't know if it's going to be enough firepower on that offense for them to, you know, win that division or make the playoffs. So why not bring in another splash at the quarterback position, a guy who was a unanimous MVP? It's only been two. I'm going to keep saying that. Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, to help carry the offense a little bit more so than probably Mac Jones could do. Right, I, 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 that's that's just the way I see things right now. No, for, I, for New England, I completely agree with you. And at some point, there's a very simple principle of competition at every uh, every position. We hear coaches talk about it. We hear GMs talk about it. The best way to make your team better is to make sure that you are analyzing every single position every year and asking yourself, can we get better at that position? Right? We see it all the time yeah. with big name corners and linebackers and defensive ends that are uh, released from teams or that are suddenly competition is brought in. All I'm saying is that if you're looking in the mirror in an honest moment, if Bill Belichick is looking at his team, he's standing on, you know, I'm, in my mind, he's standing on like a riser over, but over everybody with like a Darth Vader costume on looking at practice underneath him. And he's looking at Mac Jones. And as he looks at Mac Jones, he realizes, oh, I could have Lamar Jackson. There is no universe where he doesn't say, huh, Lamar would be better than Mac. Like, I, I, this isn't even a hot take. Like, Lamar would be better than Mac. I, that, that's all I'm but, saying. But, but, but I also need to say this, though, because I thought in 2022, the New England Patriots that we are so accustomed to seeing due to little things right, we did not see from them. Right? This team had 104 penalties. You can't have that many. I'm not accustomed to seeing that, right? Everyone needs to be on one accord. You're seeing guys bicker on the sideline. You see special teams not being at the level that they are capable of being at. I'm not accustomed to seeing that from a Bill Belichick coach team from the New England Patriots. They need to do the little things right and get back to the details of the game of football and make sure they aren't losing games in those regards and also in that manner. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Last year's Patriots team, was undisciplined, and I can't believe I'm saying that. It felt like an undisciplined football team, and we just never see that. So for all the greatness that has happened, and again, we're both crediting the greatness, that doesn't mean that right now there aren't real questions that need to be answered. Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. We'll get back to the NFL takes, obviously, as the owners' meeting continues. But in the meantime, LeBron James is back for the Lakers. The problem is, that's not the fix for Los Angeles. Something else is, and we'll tell you what it is next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I mean, if you talk about things that were great 25 years ago, but not so great now, Fat Axel would have to count the same way, right? Axel Rose, like, I loved Axel Rose as a kid. Don't want to see him now. Dance around on stage. (laughs) 
I thought you were going to say the Los Angeles Lakers, to be honest with you. No, 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 no. And this was just making me think about Belichick talking about the last 25 years. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. And by the way, I hear Axel is is a delight to work with right now. So, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't uh, discredit him. I probably wouldn't look my best in leather pants right now either, but I'm working on it. Uh, Axel Foley? Uh, Axel Rose. Axel Rose, oh, you know, okay, like okay. Uh, uh, Guns N' Roses. Welcome to the jungle. I got, ex- right. I got excited okay. about uh, I'm excited about the college basketball season. It's winding down, but that means the Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. Go to ESPN.com and search Wooden Watch for the list of Wooden Award nominees to watch as the season rolls on. Brought to you by Wendy's Two for Six Bucks, the best deal in fast food. Uh, We can all agree on two things in the world. One, the only Frosty is a chocolate Frosty, right? Like, n- n- none of us on this show are, are out here ordering any of the other Frosty flavors, right? Like, Devin? You out here preaching the word when you I'm, say it that I mean, I'm just, I've, I've ordered it just to try it, but yeah, it doesn't compare, in my opinion. Uh, you ordered what just to try it? The vanilla Frosty. Oh, wow. I, I even ordered the strawberry Frosty when that was, oh. like, a little... I tried it, and then, like, you know what? I did what any responsible adult does. I, I ate a bite of it, and then I turned around and went back through the drive-thru again to get the chocolate Frosty. Like, because there was only one Frosty flavor, and that is chocolate. Because you know what they say. <laughs> what? What? Yes, go on. Yeah, what did yes. I say, Harry? What, what did they say about chocolate, Harry? McGlynn, did you have a counter-opinion on this? Because, like, it seemed like you were about to go with a way that you're going to regret I mean, I'm going to regret it because I know you guys will take me to task for this, but I don't like chocolate much, per se. Oh! So, whoa! Pot your mic down, my God. I mean, well, here's the thing. I do not, so I've never actually had a chocolate Frosty. I only have the vanilla Frosty. I am, in general, indifferent to chocolate one way or the other. I like it. Stone or okay, him! Okay, but, but, I mean. That seems how, intense. How have you never had a chocolate Frosty, though? Like, I mean. I don't like, I'm not a chocolate fan. I okay. don't like hot chocolate. I don't like Hershey's bars. The only type of chocolate I will eat is if there's peanut oh, butter oh. on the inside. So if you give me a Reese's peanut butter cup, I am all for it. Snickers, I'm on board. You give me some dark chocolate, I'm staying oh. away from that. <laughs> No chocolate cake, none of that stuff. <laughs> Harry, you got anything to say about the uh, lack of love for chocolate? I might cut off Harry's mic in a second here. Anything to say there about lack of love for chocolate? <laughs> Particularly doesn't like dark chocolate, Harry. What do we yeah, like you, you made it a point of emphasis I mean, to say dark chocolate, you know, too. You know what? Here's what you I know. Do me like that, Harry? I know that, I know that <laughs> Harry is silky smooth milk chocolate. That's what I know. Ooh. I also know that right now the Lakers uh, fan base feels like their team's about to be smilk- silky smooth going into the NBA playoffs. But it's not that easy, all right? LeBron's back for the Lakers. He missed 13 games with the foot injury. We all know this. He had 19 points, eight boards, three assists against the Bulls in a loss, uh, you know, obviously coming off the bench, which is a rare thing. And there's been a lot of conversation about, okay, just give it a little bit. They're going to be able to work it out. But, Harry, I think it's important to to note here, two weeks remaining in the regular season, they're ninth in the Western Conference, but they're only two games behind Golden State with the six seeds, seven games left. But the real thing isn't just about LeBron. It's all, in your mind, about AD, right? Yeah, I think Darvin Ham, the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, and his approach to every game from this point forward is that they have to play through Anthony Davis. He played 36 minutes the other night against the Chicago Bulls, and there's no way that a guy of Anthony Davis's caliber and the way he's played since LeBron has been out should only get eight shots in a game. So that's why I think they need to play through him. LeBron James, listen, he's going to get his no matter what. He's LeBron. There's a reason why he's the scoring leader of the NBA. There's a reason why a lot of people says that he's their GOAT. 
Notice I said he's their GOAT. Mm-hmm. Point of emphasis. So you don't have to worry about running things for LeBron James. He's going to get his. Everything, in my opinion, has to go through Anthony Davis from this point forward. You can't have a guy of his size, 6'10", you know, can shoot the ball, uh, uh, the way he shoots free throws and the way he, you know, shoots fadeaways with his back to the basket and have eight shots in a ball game. And he goes six for eight at that. He goes six for eight. I just don't see that happening for the, for the Lakers moving forward. And if that's going to be their approach, then they're going to lose a lot of more games. Now, if they go through Anthony Davis, they have an opportunity to win, especially when you have a night where D'Angelo Russell isn't playing, Hachimura isn't playing. There's no way in hell that Anthony Davis should have anything less than 15 shots every game. You know me, uh, and I like to stack things together. So a lot of times it's like I, I like to make little Lego castles with my logic, right? And I think about what you just mentioned for Darvin Ham. And it was about a week ago when everybody asked about the second-half aggressiveness of Anthony Davis. And Darvin Ham came up in front of the mic at a moment you and I really respected and said, well, his dumb coach just started calling his number more. That's the, that was the difference in the second half. But I stacked that, that moment before LeBron came back with what we saw when LeBron came back. And then I asked myself, do the player and coach need to sit down and hold each other universally accountable to making sure that AD is a more prominent part of the mindset, right? Like, because you talk about second half particularly, that's where AD can do a ton of damage. But not only is it on AD, it's on Darvin Ham to sit there and say, I got to make sure the big fella gets fed the right way. He's told us in the past, Ham has, that he's not necessarily, like he needed to change his mindset. He needed to be a better coach to call that number more. I'm going to stack that with what we see now and say just because LeBron is back, just like the NFL argument, remember when there was no Dak for the Cowboys, we kept saying, well, will the coaches call the number of running plays when Dak comes back? Will they stay committed to the run? Will they keep the offense the same way? It's the same principle in the NBA. Darvin Ham needs to make sure that he's got a cognitive awareness on, on getting the ball to Anthony Davis as the primary function in this, even as they work LeBron back. But I think you said in front of an entire team whether it's in practice, whether it's in the meeting room, and you make it a point of emphasis. And you keep emphasizing, hey, guys, we got to play through Anthony Davis. we got to play through Anthony Davis. Not saying guys uh, uh, simmer down and not take shots when their shots are available, but it's just saying that, hey, the point of emphasis is going to be we have to do everything from an offensive standpoint through AD, even when LeBron comes back, right? And I, I just think that has to be the mindset and the focus of this team moving down the stretch in which you're in the stretch run right now, right? You got Chicago tomorrow. The next, what, five games are on the road. Very pivotal moments. And you can't sit up here and say, hey, Chicago, you know, it's going to be easy and you just lost to them. You can't say Minnesota's going to be an easy game. Carl Anthony Towns is back and he's playing at a high level. You can't say Houston is going to be an easy win because you can lose on any given night in the National Basketball Association in any sport, really. We see, we've seen Houston. I can't remember who it was. Houston just beat a team. That, 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 we, that we look at it in high regards. So any given night, you have to come out and play. So I think moving forward, Darvin Ham has to send that message to his team, not once, not twice, but reiterate it over and over again so Anthony Davis has played through on the offensive end. Yeah, Houston beat these Lakers 114-110 not long ago. So uh, if you're the Lakers, you got no nights off at this point. All of the pressure's on, and you've got to figure out how to knock the rust off for LeBron, and you've got to figure out how to make sure that AD is still the primary beast that you are feeding to be the team that you want to be. So much is on the line, and it's right there, but they've got to take better advantage of it. Speaking of taking advantage of it, there is one player in college basketball – 
who is taking advantage of the opportunity of the NCAA tournament, dominating, and has a chance to continue making history. We'll tell you about it next. Three up, three down, coming up. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Top stories in sports. Guys, huge news over here. To the bottom. This is it. Rock bottom. This is Three Up, Three Down with Fitz and Harry. Da 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 da. It's Fitz Snoop and Harry. Dog, dog, dog. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I should remind everybody Snoop Dogg is playing in Hartford this summer. Uh, so we need to work on bringing him in studio for the day so that I can accomplish the life goal of, air quotes, partying with Snoop Dogg. In fact, I bet, I bet they won't tell Snoop he can't have a lighter in the studio. You know what? I'll tell Snoop he can have whatever he wants in the studio. I'm just going to put my feet up, and I'm just going to revel in the majesty that is Snoop Dogg in the studio <laughs> with me. That's all I'm saying. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, you know what we're going to do. Three up, three down. Uh, Usually we do this on Mondays, but it was a packed day. So instead, we're going to bring some of that magic to a Tuesday. Each of us is going to give you something that we're either up or down on. I got the ups this week. Harry got the downs. I don't know how I feel about, uh, you know, me getting the ups. That's more positivity than I'm used to giving to the whole world. But are you ready to start this? Less number one. All right. I'm going to give you the first thing I'm up on. The first thing I'm up on, not just because you were there, wink. The DC Defenders, not just the best environment in the XFL, not just the best fan base in the XFL, but the best team in the NFL and XFL, I keep saying. And by the way, I shall remind everybody they say that the way to win playoff football is to play good defense and run the football. Well, guess what? That applies to the XFL, too, because the defenders can run the football on absolutely anybody. All I keep doing is losing money when I bet on these games. I'm not betting against D.C. anymore. They are undefeated, and they not only look like they are headed towards the XFL championship, but they look delightful in the process. I really enjoy being on their sidelines. But since I have the downs, I have to mention a down. And I'm going to go to Major League Baseball, the umpire. Who decided he wanted to throw out JT Romuto because he moved his glove and the ball hit the ground? It's not about you, Mr. Umpire. It's not about you. It's about those players. Stop being so sensitive. Get off your soapbox and just pick the ball up and give it to the catcher. That's all you have to do. When I seen this, Fitz, I was so angry because I thought in my I thought to myself. He really wants to make this about himself. His feelings was that hurt to the fact that he had to throw out a catcher because he moved this glove and the ball hit the ground. I uh, I actually am with you 100%. Even I, the ultimate troller, cannot find any reason to troll this. Like, that moment was as soft as the day. Like, that that was the whipped cream cheese that you put on the bagel. Like, it just easily spreads because it's super soft. Uh, let's go to the next one. Number two. I've got an up here. I got to get a little love as we get into the weekend to the women's final four. It's rare that you have the best player in the country taking on the best team in the country. We all know that South Carolina undefeated. We all know that South Carolina is likely headed 
to a national championship. This has nothing to do with just that. It also has to do with the fact that Caitlin Clark, who I've had the the honor and opportunity to interview a couple of times, uh, the Iowa a superstar, I asked her last year in an interview, where's your best spot on the floor? Where do you feel like you can hit a, your shot from the best? And she said, anywhere. If you leave me open under my own hoop, I'll shoot it. And she has shown that throughout the course of this tournament. Iowa, obviously a very good team. We know that. But the best player right now, the Steph Curry of women's basketball, is Caitlin Clark. And if you want to watch the best player take on the best coach and the best team, it's going to be a real opportunity to see how she can shine against the absolute best of the best. I don't think anybody can beat South Carolina, but I don't think anybody in the world can stop Caitlin Clark this weekend in the women's Final Four. Got to give it love. That is the marquee matchup I cannot wait for. Caitlin Clark is amazing, and Mm -hmm. I watched every bit of that game against my Louisville Cards, and when she says her range is anywhere – she really means it because I witnessed it with my own eyes. And her body control, getting to the lane, creating contact is phenomenal, but she plays so unselfish, Fitz. That's the part I love the most about her game is that it's not like she's just jacking up shots all over the place and, you know, hogging the ball. She had a triple-double, a 40-point triple-double. But let me go to this down. Bill Belichick, you have done some phenomenal things in your coaching career. Telling Mike Reese – that the fans should be excited because of the last 25 years is not one of those things. I'm sorry, I got to tell you. What have you done for me lately? Because that's what you're going to tell your players. You're going to tell your players, because we heard from some of your former players, that you shouldn't focus on what happened last year. So neither should you, Coach Belichick. That's why he's number two for my down. I like that a lot, actually, and I agree with you totally. I'll get you one more up. Number three. This is going to sound weird, and I'm going to make this about my favorite team. I rarely do this, Harry. I rarely just shove the Raiders into a conversation. I think you know that by now. I'm shoving them into this conversation for the strangest up that you're going to hear all year. I'm up on the fact that the Raiders are honest about being down. Here's what I mean by that. (laughs) Fans all the time are trying to yell and scream and not listen. If you read any interview that Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, the head coach and GM, or even now Mark Davis did. Mark Davis did a sit-down with Deshaun Reed on The Athletic yesterday, and I read through it, and he actually said, I'm paraphrasing here, in that sit-down, that he understood he did not think they were a disappointment last year because he understood that he didn't believe Ziegler and McDaniels understood what they were coming into in the building. They saw something on tape, but he didn't think they understood what they were actually going to figure out when they got in the building. That tells you that Mark Davis has some sort of reasonable sort of assessment to where this team is. You and I both know, and you know I'm a very fair-minded fan in all of this, you and I both know that the Raiders roster isn't good enough. What I appreciate is that Dave Ziegler has been honest about how that impacted free agency. Josh McDaniels has been honest about how that impacts their strategy. And Mark Davis is being honest about the fact that he hired them to fix this and understood it wasn't going to be an overnight fix. Nobody wants to hear that. I've watched the Raiders lose for most of my lifetime. But that is not Josh McDaniel or Dave Ziegler's problem. Their problem is this roster today and how it's constructed. And I know it's tough to read, but when I see my favorite team's coach, GM, and owner all come out and be honest about the roster, at least I know that I'm not losing my mind and neither are they. Team's not good enough, but the fact that they all acknowledge how they got there and what needs to be done, to me, there's power and honesty. I give them an up for that. Guess what, Dev? Bury them. Bury them like we did a few segments ago. I'm burying them. You're burying me? 
So no, huh. you're Raiders. Okay. Uh, huh. As my last one, I'm gonna go to the Final Four, men's Final Four. That is, and not because I'm not gonna watch it. I'm concerned because I consider UConn as a blue blood. Uh, I'm concerned that a lot of people aren't gonna watch it because of you, the lack of blue bloods that are in the Final Four. Florida Atlantic is a good team. San Diego State is a good team. Miami is a good team. So that's why that's my third down because I don't know if a lot of people understand how good the other three teams are and they might not watch the Final Four. But I'm going to encourage you all to watch the Final Four. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you just said. By the way, I'll be hosting a digital preview show to the Final Four on Saturday. Be sure to check it out. Uh, but you're a thousand percent right. Like the metrics have shown this in the past. Uh, when we get to the final four, people want big brands. I think it's going to be interesting to see San Diego State or FAU make the national championship game and have a real shot at a title. But man, you, you got to think that college basketball is uh, they're a little concerned. All right. That's our three up and three down for this week. Uh, in the meantime, today, two groups submitted uh, bids to buy the Washington Commanders for six billion dollars each group six billion dollars but one contract they should really be focusing on would cost them a fraction of that we'll explain what we what we mean next Fitz and harry on espn radio Fitz and harry the podcast I know it hurts not having an agent. I'm not sure why he doesn't have one. He just doesn't want one. What's preventing him from getting this full and guaranteed deal is the fact that he is raging against the machine. Just hire an agent. That person will help you deal with all of this. And in the end, as much as it hurts to write that check, it is better for your mental health moving forward. He's raging against that machine, and he's not winning that battle right now. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I didn't figure out the uh, the theme of today's music. Chris doing the music on the board. I'm trying to figure out, like, every we've had every genre. We've had a lot of 70s and 80s mixed in. I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, we are the champions to... Well, I'm on two hours of sleep. I can't think. Well, that, I mean, that the, well right now. and you know it's going to be something deep. Chris, what was the theme? I'm not smart enough to figure it out. I was going with iconic opens in music. Think about every single song you heard. As Ooh. soon as you hear it, immediately you know what it is. I played okay. "Come Together" by the Beatles. We got a little Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah. Uh, obviously, we mixed it up with Luke Bryan. Play it again. But next episode, Snoop and Dr. Dre. As soon as you yes. hear these Thriller, Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. Right. Every single song. As soon as you hear it, you know exactly what it is. That is well done by That's you. That's pretty dope, Chris. Look, 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 look Chris putting uh, doing God's work. Devin, the standard it's is now the standard. So, uh, Devin, if you could, if you could uh, bring a little of that funk the next time you're putting the playlist together. You know me. I'm all about the funk. Okay. Uh, that, <laughs> uh, just when I thought nothing was more uncomfortable not than uh, right. yeah, there's there's no doubt. Uh, and by the way, if you don't usually hang out with us, uh, you should on Fridays, just because the playlist is always uh, particularly delightful. Babies are made every Friday on this show. Uh, all right, now Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, uh, two groups submitted six billion dollar bids for the Commanders. 
All right, uh, two that that's two different groups of people that just found six billion dollars in expendable cash. Like that's Harry Douglas level rich. Uh, the Josh Harris Mitchell Rails Group, which now includes Magic Johnson, officially submitted a fully financed bid for the Washington Commanders that meets the six billion dollar asking price. Don't forget, Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos has also submitted a fully funded six billion dollar offer. So now we have a couple of different bids. If either bid is accepted, the deal would break the previous record sale for a franchise set last August. Uh, that's back when the Broncos were sold for $4.65 billion. First and foremost, Dan Snyder is essentially being forced to sell. He bought this team in 99 for $800 million, and now is going to sell it for $6 billion. Like, I think 5.2 bill in some profit is, is not bad for a team. Like that, That's a pretty good return on investment, Harry. I, I think we could do pretty well with that. Yeah, that's a huge investment. And I will tell you this about the DMV area or the Washington, D.C. area. They're starving for a winner. I just did the D.C. Defenders game versus the Houston Roughnecks, and, you know, that crowd is amazing. And I posted something on Twitter this morning. I said the commanders have some competition because that team in D.C. right now, the D.C. Defenders in the XFL, they're undefeated. And they have uh, well-known guys, their head coach Reggie Barlow from their defensive coordinator Greg Williams to players like Abram Smith, the quarterback Jordan Ta'amu. You just have a lot of guys on that team that, that play the game at a solid level, but the fans really back them. And I, and I can't help but think, Fitz, every time I'm, I'm, I'm there at Audi Field doing one of their games is what if the commanders got it together and they won? That city will be – like, like, like it was in the early 90s for, for, for the Washington team. You know, you mentioned the early 90s, and it's funny because I moved to Maryland uh, like mid-90s, early early 90s, somewhere right in there, uh, right outside of D.C., and I'd never lived anywhere before that had flags ha- hanging outside of every house for the Washington football team at the time. And, you know, the, this first place I ever lived where the scrimmage, every year at the time the Steelers and Washington had a scrimmage before anything ever started – they dropped everything and covered it on all the TV stations. There was like a 20-year waiting list to get a season ticket uh, at mm-hmm. the time to a junkie stadium. You know, like you think about the love, and that was pre-Ravens coming in. I know that that fractured a little bit of the market, but the fan base for Washington is absolutely epic, and that's part of why I still keep looking at whoever gets this deal done. And, look, we asked earlier Dan Graziano. He said, it. it you know, best-case scenario could be May that they start to look at these things. Whoever gets a deal done – is going to want to make an aggressive move. I keep thinking, if you're going to spend $6 billion bucks for Washington, why not also spend a couple hundred million bucks and immediately get yourself Lamar? Uh, tell the whole world, hey, we're doing things different. We're going to go out. We're going to get this star. We saw it in the NBA, right? The minute the Suns were sold, all of a sudden, Kevin Durant becomes a Sun because new owners like to make a big splash that shows people that they're invested. If, if I'm buying the, uh, the, the Washington Commanders for $6 billion, the first thing I'm doing is figuring out what what can I do to show people that I'm going to do things big, that we're going to have an exciting product here, and to make people want to flock to go to games constantly? That is Lamar Jackson to me. Man, I would say it's two things for me. Number one, uh, you understand that that city probably needs a new stadium, right, for their football team. Well, you're coming in. You're showing that you're willing to spend money. You bring in a guy like Lamar Jackson all these type of things back up wanting a new stadium in which I think the Washington Commanders do need. So, but then you look at the NFC East fits and you look at Daniel Jones and the way he performed last year and what they're going to have coming back. And then you look at Dak Prescott, you know, they got Brandon Cooks now. They're going to do some, you know, revamping on their offensive line, probably bring a, a guy or two in throughout the draft or free agency still going on. 
And then you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and their core guys on defense, even though they lost a lot, they still got their core guys on defense, but still have young people that they're drafted that's going to be able to fill some roles on top of being able to draft as well. Right. And you still have Jalen Hurts and that baseline offensive line of things and the receivers and the tight end. How far do you want to slide if you're the Washington Commanders? How far do you want to slide? And not only is it a slide to your point, I think it's a really good point by you. Like, it's also not a like it's not like you're looking at the peak of the division and saying, well, they're about to be on their way out. Right. Like you've got enough talent in there and you've got teams to continually reload to at least be part of the conversation like the Cowboys may not win Super Bowls but the Cowboys are rarely irrelevant right like the Giants just invested a bunch of money in Daniel Jones who they think is going to be their quarterback for the next uh, 10 years right Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback of Philly for the next 15 years that's what you're competing with so you know if you're Washington you better have an answer to that out of the gates like if your ownership group you want to make a statement that we're not going to be a last place team not just this year but moving forward right that's right, 100%. And you, the quarterback position you're talking about, right? Uh, Dak Prescott is, what, 29 years old. In July, he'll be 30. Every, everyone else is in, in their mid-20s. Yeah, this is, uh, lower. this is why it's key. It's not just about spending $6 billion with the B dollars to Daniel Snyder to get him out of the league. It's also about how you're going to make the Washington Commanders a great football team. That has to be part of what you want to accomplish. And we know new owners accomplish with big splashes. I also know Kenny and Carlin coming up, always a big splash. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.